Are you ready for a touch of Costa Rica? Join me for a life-changing adventure in the land of Pura Vida. See a friendly face holding a sign with your name on it. Hop in the van and journey through a continuous scene of palm trees, farmland, sugarcane fields, colorful homes, and Brahmin cows to arrive at the Costa Rica School of Massage Therapy in Samara Beach. Feel the excitement of what's to come at this wellspring of holistic health education, self-discovery, and community. Now, it's time to hear the story of one who has come before you. Welcome to A Touch of Costa Rica, a Costa Rican wellness travel podcast presented to you by the Costa Rica School of Massage Therapy in Samurai Beach, Costa Rica. You can learn more about their transformative offerings by clicking the link in this episode's bio. I'm Kiana Martin, your host and travel guide on this brief yet powerful trip to introduce you to the people, places, and priceless takeaways that are waiting for you. Today, I'm pleased to introduce you to CRSMT instructor, Victoria Mutahir. She is the owner of Body Needs Incorporated, a multi-location massage therapy business. And she is a teacher at the Community College of Rhode Island in Providence, Rhode Island. Victoria, when was your first encounter with massage and what prompted it? Ooh, that goes back about 25, 27 years. <laughs> um, I was working out with a trainer and they put me through a pretty rigorous um, routine and they sent me off and said, you need to go get a massage. And I'd never had one. So I said, okay. I went, they sent me, obviously sent me to someone that was really good. And it totally changed my mind about rehabbing the body in terms of what types of therapies are available. And I was really intrigued because I was on my path to a master's degree. And I was either going to get my physical therapy master's or social work. I was on two different roads. Um, but I was laying on the table thinking, this is very similar to physical therapy and a much quicker certification. <laughs> so let me think about this more. And that's really how it all went down. Well, that's amazing. How did those experiences play a role in transporting you to holistic health and having a 20 plus year career? Mm. That was sort of a surprise, the 20 plus year career um, in terms of it. Ne I never thought about timing it and people would ask me all the time and how long have you been doing this and I was just stuck on this very small number five seven years and then all of a sudden I looked at the calendar and I thought huh I've been in this a long time and along the way I have had the fortune of being able to network with people in different disciplines and getting involved in different um, ways of uh, with the community and bring massage therapy into the community so it's opened my eyes up uh, to all the different disciplines and how interrelated all they all are. So in terms of the holistic being, there are so many ways you can take care of yourself and massage is just one. So it really brought me into the fact that there's the energetic aspect, the physical aspect, and certainly the mind in terms of you really have to be in the right mindset um, into when you're receiving because it's really helpful when you believe in what you're doing and what you're receiving. So that's really how I kind of stumbled into all of this pleasantly, very happy. I've been here for 25 years, but um, it's been a really interesting journey along the way. What prompted your opportunity to teach at the Costa Rica School of Massage Therapy? <laughs> so this, I teach at the Community College of Rhode Island and 
they decided they were going to pause the program because they wanted to do something a little bit different with the curriculum. And I had met someone, uh, the previous uh, director of education at a conference, the um, uh, Association of for Massage Therapy Education. And I was just really picking her brain about the idea of an internationally based school having a curriculum to the US licensing exams. And so we were talking about how intense it was. And so my thought process was, let me look at the school, Costa Rica school, and see if possibly we could look at what they do for curriculum and then maybe bring it back and somehow tease out their very condensed program into more of something that could fit the community college. While I was doing on the website, a box popped up that they were hiring. <laughs> so I thought this could be interesting. And I sent in my resume and never looked back. So I got brought on for the business class initially. That's so that's serendipitous. <laughs> yeah, serendipitous <laughs> is a <good> word. <laughs> when you arrived at CRSMT for the first time, it was at the height of the pandemic. What was mm -hmm. your most vivid memory being in that experience on campus and in the community? The most vivid thing that stuck out to me was the calm. There was no one panicking, no one. I had just come from the U.S. where president, I, I left two days after they declared the pandemic and the president was calling everyone back and they were going to close the borders in the country. And I arrived in Costa Rica. It never occurred to me not to go. <laughs> I don't know why, but I arrived and it was just calm. Everybody was doing what they needed to do, following the rules, masking and, and all of that. But it was just a calm atmosphere. No one was running around like they were scared to death. You know, so it was a really interesting place to be at the time as I'm watching everything on the news. People are hoarding all of the paper goods in the U.S. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, if I could get stuck here, it's OK. <laughs> but I didn't. But it was that was what I noticed immediately. And just the on campus, the support on campus with Tess and um, with Tess and Bill making sure all the background stuff was done. So it was really, really. Uh, just easy to be there. I'm curious to know, what are your favorite concepts you most enjoy teaching? And how often does what you enjoy align with what students most enjoy learning in that area of knowledge? <laughs> so I have to say my first love to teach is body work. Um, I do love the body work. I very close second is the business and ethics. I should probably say they're tied. Um, and I tend to default to the business and ethics because there's not many people that love to teach those things. And I think it's super important for the therapist to get a grasp on those topics before they go out into the world. Um, what I love to teach doesn't always translate into their favorite subject, you know, ethics. Um, ethics is fun because it's that, that playing the devil's advocate and having those difficult conversations for anything that could happen in there and now with the political atmosphere it's even more interesting to me um so that's the fun part business eh, the students are always a little bit oh my gosh we have to learn all of this um but in the end i think they really appreciate i know i get that those comments from students uh, and they do appreciate the fact that they have a foundation and they feel like they could actually go out and start a business so i love doing that i'm curious what are some of the surprising 
things that the students come across when they take business and ethics from you, things that perhaps they didn't even consider? So one of the one of the big things that comes up all the time is I'm going to go out, I'm going to get licensed and I'm going to make one hundred dollars an hour. And I often I burst that bubble with them when I start with the overhead and they, they start to have to consider what it costs to give a massage because they don't think about the fact that, you know, yes, their tools are, are an extension of their body, but that's not the cost of a massage. You know, so when we start breaking down those numbers, they all go, oh, so it's not $100 an hour. No. <laughs> so that's one fun thing uh, that is always broken with them. Um, and the other part is the importance of them tracking things and understanding what goes into the back end of the business, because they start to realize that it is very doable when they break it down into smaller steps. And so that's an exciting part, too, for them. That's so interesting. This segment of our conversation is the perfect segue to a question that I have for our listeners. Are you looking to start or enhance your holistic health journey in a Costa Rican tropical oasis? Click the link in the podcast bio to secure your space in CRSMT's massage therapy program and continuing education offerings. Leap into a new beginning at this educational paradise. By the way, you don't have to wait until you arrive in Samurai Beach to make an impact. Inspire others by sharing this episode and leaving a five-star review. Now back to my conversation with CRSMT instructor, Victoria Mutahir. She is the owner of Body Needs and a teacher at the Community College of Rhode Island in Providence, Rhode Island. As we pivot to learn more about your work outside of the classroom, what was your motivation to operate a massage business that has multiple locations and provides opportunities to newly licensed therapists? My motivation started really in school. Uh, when I was in school, I realized that I didn't want to work by myself. It just seemed lonely. And so I, we didn't really have to write a true business plan, but they did have us do some steps back then. And I remember writing this plan that I had this idea of working with many people, multiple disciplines. And so I just jotted those things down. And about four years into opening my business, I went back and I found these papers and I was doing exactly what I had jotted down as a plan. So my thought was um, when you're working as a therapist, a massage therapy, it can be a lonely business. I think it's great to have people to bounce ideas off of. Um, I love the concept of mentoring new therapists. Um, my, the idea of new people coming into the field, it, it allows them opportunity. And oftentimes trying, being a new person and trying to get experience, you're overlooked because you don't have the experience. So it's kind of the chicken and the egg, you know, how do you get the experience if you can't get a job kind of thing. So that was my whole mission on that. Um, and then the second location, it took me a long time to do a second location. I opened it in 2017, so it's fairly new. Um, I was always a little bit cautious with the economy, but I just decided to take a leap of faith and throw caution to the wind in a sense and say, let's see what happens. And there was demand for it and it's been met so far. So it's been a good experience. Wow, that's so wonderful. How did you arrive at the name Body Needs? Did you have other names or concepts that you considered? I love word playing with words. So I, I'm sure, I don't have a clear memory of it, but I'm sure I was just playing with words and came up with Body Needs and 
um, because of what your body needs in terms of therapy and relaxation and stress relief. And then I thought, oh, but we do need. <laughs> and so that's really the, the corny little story behind that. <laughs> what have been the challenges and rewards of running a business with multiple locations? Hmm. So the rewards have been many. I mean, I've had the opportunity to give so many therapists uh, available space to work, get experience and do what they love because many people, they just want to do the massage. They don't really want to run the business. Um, and I happen to love both. And luckily it's been working out. So um, the rewards have been many in terms of that build, learning how to build out a new space. I've never done that before. Um, and then, I mean, the challenges hasn't really been too difficult. I mean, the, the challenge is always that I'm on call 24-7. So no matter what happens, I'm the go-to person. Even though I have an office manager, um, ultimately, everything falls on me. So um, that's the biggest challenge. But overall, I haven't had, I have no complaints about it. I mean, once you get the systems in place, it's pretty easy to kind of step away and May, and do other things that you enjoy in the industry. That's like so insightful. <laughs> <laughs> That's so insightful. Um, since you mentioned systems in place, um, what were some of the first systems that you actually implemented in your business? Ooh. Um, so some of the systems uh, that we implemented, I say we because we, I'm always working with people, um, was computerizing appointments. So before I had a platform to use appointments, we used an Excel sheet. And so what we did was every therapist had to log their, their appointments there so that they would know what they're doing, how many they did. And then that in, it, in turn was turned into an Excel sheet that, met it, that dumped into another Excel sheet for payroll. So that was kind of exciting back in the, you know, when you had to do multiple sheets. Now I have a payroll company, <laughs> but um, so that was one system. And then as soon as I, um, uh, early on, policies and procedures were written uh, because when I was newer, we were running Groupons back then, which I don't do anymore. But um, we ended up in a massive sale, which you couldn't stop back then. You couldn't, once you started your sale, you couldn't stop it. It went for 36 hours. And we said we sold over a thousand Groupons, which we couldn't handle at the time. And, but the way that the contract was written, they said, but ultimately they allowed us a little extension. We could, you know, the, and so finally what it did for us, that learning experience was we needed to get our policies and procedures in place. We all had to be on the same page because if we weren't, it was going to be chaos. And that's really, those are the first two things that really took place and started me in on how do I, systemize things so that I don't have to be in the office all the time and I can work remotely. I'm curious, how long did it take your team to get through <laughs> a thousand appointments? Ooh. Oddly enough, we went uh, probably a little bit over a year. We still have some outstanding Groupons <laughs> from that sale. Um, and we keep a list of them because they, the, the monetary value never expires. So if anyone calls and says, hey, I cleaned out a drawer and found this, you know, they can still use, I think it's that $30 toward a, toward a massage. Wow. <laughs> so. That's am that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> 
We often talk to our guests about the transformative power of their touch on clients. I noticed that you're using your passion for body work to advocate for greater acknowledgement in the healthcare community. Can you talk a bit about this? Yes. Um, my thought process on massage is that it is a, it's part of somebody's healthcare routine. It always has always been that way. Um, since the day I stepped out of school, I can remember this is, I went straight into learning how to bill insurance and motor vehicle accidents, things like that. So I always worked on the periphery because massage therapy isn't covered by any insurance. And it really started me on that path of, of making it part of the healthcare system and educating basically the insurance companies because they're the ones that need to be convinced of, of the validity of our therapy. Um, and then along the way, again, you know, the political atmosphere, uh, the world in and of itself, the opioid crisis was a huge impetus to pushing this. And so um, I was going around to the healthcare commissioner here in Rhode Island and sitting in on meetings. And then I got the opportunity to meet with the um, attorney general and they decided to put a bill, write a bill and asked if I would be behind and some colleagues of mine as well. But to be behind the legislative process and, you know, testify to that. And I did. And that's really it. I mean, there's so many things that therapy can, that massage therapy can do. It's in the word therapy, right? Physical therapy, occupational therapy, it's all covered. I still am flabbergasted why we aren't covered, but um, it's coming together slowly. It just takes a long time educating people so that about what we do, because there are two, you know, there's the spa road and then there's the clinical road and both have extreme value in our in our communities. It's just a matter of how do we standardize things. And that's where I like to work in the background. How do we standardize the therapy so that it can get covered by by insurance, which is what they want to see some sort of standardized treatment. That is so impactful. Thank you for your mm -hmm. work. I'm sure your responsibilities as a business owner, mentor, and educator keep you very busy. What are some of the ways you carve out time to reset and ground yourself? Oh, I've been doing that very well lately. <laughs> um, I've, I've made it my mission to hobby through life. So um, I sew. Um, I try to sew once a week, if not more, with a class. Um, I just started to learn how to do pottery. Um, and nerd alert, I knit. <laughs> so I like to do that. I read a ton. Um, so I try to just take an hour a day to just do nothing. Um, and I've been trying to get better. We're the worst. I don't practice what I preach. Trying to get on the table more. So, um, and then of course, exercise is always a big thing because it just, it's self-care for being in the treatment room and out of it. Where can listeners connect with you and your work online? Well, I'd love to say they can connect with me personally, but I'm not very good at social media. <laughs> but our office is, we're on Facebook, we are on Instagram, um, and you can always email, certainly call, but all, always Body Needs Inc. Is the, is the line that you'll get us at. That's great. What is your favorite part of your daily routine when you're in Samurai? Mm. Oh, there's so many. Um, I think it's the morning. I, there's something about being there that makes me wake up very early. And I'm not, I don't wake up 
at six in the morning, generally <laughs> feeling like I want to go outside, but you're on the water and it's just always a beautiful temperature to be outside in the morning. And it's uh, for me, it's the best time of day. In closing, if you could sum up your massage therapy journey in one word, what would it be and why? Enriching, for sure. Um, gosh, it's brought so much to my life. I've uh, worked with so many students and just watching them go from the beginning when they have no idea and just watching the change and how they evolve into these confident therapists that are leaving the school and go out and just pass on all the good things they've learned to the community. Um, that's my favorite part, watching the students. And everything I've been allowed to do really had the opportunity, the teaching, um, the advocating, working with other, uh, with other therapists and really helping. And I love to just help and brainstorm with business. So I've been very lucky. Before we leave the sands of Samurai Beach behind, I want you to imagine one more sun rising up over the crystal blue waters of the Pacific Ocean. Let it serve as your invitation to click the link in this episode's bio to join us for one of Costa Rica School of Massage Therapies, upcoming massage programs, retreats, or continuing education offerings. We can't wait to meet you.